Hi guys and welcome. This is Jen Gata Siciliano, artist, memoir writer, bipolar psychiatric survivor, and your host of Not As Crazy As You Think podcast, the place that offers an alternative perspective on mental illness, highlighting creativity, non-conventional healing, and breaking on through to the other side. If you are ready for a new narrative on the mental realm that celebrates crazy and cool without penalty, then Not As Crazy As You Think is for you. Hello, welcome to episode two of season two. This is Jen Gata Siciliano, host of Not As Crazy As You Think podcast. Thank you for returning. And we have a returning guest today. Mr. D is back, Don Benedetto. How are you, Mr. D? Doing good, Jennifer. Doing good, honey. I'm so happy to have you back. So good to be back, honey. Everyone enjoyed your uh, affirmations and your good perspective on things. And I think it's needed now more than ever, mm-hmm. especially with everything that's been going on. I would like your insight into, you know, helping us interpret the situation that we now face as a nation. You were our social studies teacher. You told us everything we know. So since we last sat together, there's been an insurrection at the Capitol. Who would have ever thought? I mean, did you ever picture such a thing happening when we were in the Cold War in the 80s? Jennifer, to be honest with you, nothing shocked me anymore. (laughs) Right. Because uh, the human brain and the human mind and and, uh, the needs of human beings are so diverse. There's always going to be a group that will swing to the far right or far left. Right. Because of... Uh, whether it's self-esteem issues or culture or brainwashing, there's always going to be these, if you want to call them radical groups. Right. No matter what, they're going to be, they're going to exist. And they exist for a purpose because we need to somehow forgive them, Mm. to understand them, and uh, try to get along with them. Right. It's it's a very difficult thing, but spiritually, it is a very high level of evolution. Well, yeah, it certainly is, because I know a lot of us, when we see something like this, it's so upsetting that the last thing we're thinking about is forgiveness. Hearing that from you makes me realize how important that it is. It is. Not, Jennifer, not only is it important for your body and your cells and every cell in your body to, because you don't want to be tense and stressed and anxious. It's detrimental to you, but it's beneficial for your children and for your significant others and your friends and families for you to be the calmest and the most serene and the most understanding and accepting person as you possibly could be. I guess Each one of us has to work on that. It doesn't come easy to everybody. I mean, especially since there were some really terrible things that we saw. I mean, you know, the police getting brutalized and and all of these symbols. To me personally, the symbols of hate, of racism, that killed me because I'm all about symbols because I communicate through art. So when I see a Confederate flag in the middle of the rotunda of the Capitol, I'm thinking to myself, this just ain't right. We are in 2021. This is like we're, we're her- hearkening back to the Civil War. Yes. As a nation, I guess it's about healing. Yeah. 
So where do we begin, I guess, as a nation, you know what I mean? The larger perspective, I guess it is, it starts with individuals. Yeah. It starts in your own backyard with your own self, because a better you makes for a better everybody else who comes in contact with you. Right. So it's like the old story of the, the, the monk who wanted to change the world and he goes out to change the world and he realizes that it's impossible. So he says, okay, uh, I'll change my neighborhood. And then he says, okay, I'm going to go out and change. And he realizes after a while he can't change his neighborhood. Okay, I, I, I'll change my family. And he realizes he can't change his family. Mm. And he comes to the realization that the only person that he can change is himself. Mm. And then when he changes himself, Slowly, his family changes. They absorb some of this new energy. Mm. And then slowly, the neighborhood changes. And slowly, the world changes. So it's not, I got to change the circumstances first. Right. Always me first. Right. It needs to change. You know, Gandhi said, we need to be the change we want to see in the world. Right. And for us, Jennifer, we don't want to resist. Mm-hmm. Because resistance does no good for you, does no good for every cell in your body, does no good for your stomach, your headaches, blah, blah, blah. It does no good for anybody around you. Mm -hmm. So we want to love, we want to learn to accept, we want to understand because, honey, those people's brains are maybe not functioning on the same level as yours. Mm -hmm. Their brains have been stuffed with whatever propaganda, whatever brainwashing, whatever blaming has gone down for generation after generation after generation. I don't think that most people want to feel this upset and want to feel this tension of opposites. There's all this like opposition of between friends and, you know, how many people I had to unfriend before I even took myself off Facebook because I said, oh, my God, this is just such toxic energy. Yeah, I guess it's about daily choices. It's about like taking yourself away from things that are toxic and at the same time i guess filling the vacuum with something positive yeah but i think we have to go on like turbo right now and do this because there's just so much negative influence from so many areas around us yeah honey there's a little uh saying and it's very hard for some people to avoid because when some people meet resistance they respond with resistance mm-hmm. and meet anger they respond with anger It says, um, don't wrestle with a pig because you're both going to get dirty. (laughs) But the pig likes it. There are some people, honey, and I'm sorry to say, conflict gives them energy. Conflict gives them a feeling of purpose. There are some people who, when they have that Confederate flag in their hand, they feel so important. Right. They feel so empowered because their father told them and their mother told them and they feel as though they're living or their friends told them or whatever groups they're in, you know, Proud Mm -hmm. Boys and all these groups, they feel so important. Right. This is the way they've been brought up. Right. Jennifer, we believe that loving people live in a loving world. Right. So if you are a loving person, you will meet loving people but if you are a person that is angry you will meet angry people if you are a person who's ready for a conflict you will meet people that are ready for a conflict right 
So how do we in these trying times, because I personally think that this is one of the hardest times politically that we've dealt with just because there's so many things going on. How, what are some things that we can do to get the garbage out of our minds? Okay. Well, first of all, I'd like to do a little bit of, I guess, a little psychology. Many of us are very emotional about these things that have happened and emotional about many, many things. Mm -hmm. And emotion, basically, it's, it's such a great thing to, to be aware of your emotions and to, to use them. Emotions tell us how close we are to what we want and what we need and what our desires are. So as we get closer to what we desire and what we need and what we want in life, our emotions rise. But if we feel we are further away from what we want and need and desire, then our emotions sink. Mm. So if you want to, if you think you need to be on the beach and you're getting excited, you buy the plane tickets, you're getting more excited, your emotions are building, you get the hotel room, your emotions are building, you start packing your luggage, you try on your bathing suit, your emotions build and build and build till they reach a really high, beautiful, joyful, exuberant level. Mm. And the reverse is true. If the airlines are booked and the hotels are booked and the weather looks bad and uh, whatever, whatever, now your emotions start to get lower and lower and lower. Right. And for some people, when these emotions get a little bit lower, it triggers an anger response in them because mm. they don't see their needs and desires and wants as if it's, you know, within reach. So what do they do? They resort to anger. And anger is basically fear anyway. Most of the time, they're afraid. They're losing grip. The country's falling apart. Da, 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 whatever, whatever. Their taxes are going to go. I don't know. Right. So they resort to anger. And then, unhappily, the people who are on the other end of the spectrum respond also with anger. Mm -hmm. So one thing that we have to remember when our emotions get uh, a little bit too crazy with us, mm -hmm. we got to look at our expectations. Sometimes the expectations are far above what is possible. Right. So my expectation is peace in the world, you know, oneness in the United States. Guess what? I have to lower my expectations. Right. Because at this moment, there's not going to be a oneness in our country, mm -hmm. but maybe a little increment here, a little increment there. I do my best. I do one little bit, one little bit. I put a video on Facebook. I talk to somebody on the phone and slowly, but slowly, but slowly, you know, one little brick at a time, mm -hmm. we build back up to a calmness and a kindness and a unity and a, a feeling of cooperation mm -hmm. rather than competition. So for us, one thing we do is we want to make sure that our expectations are realistic. Mm. Now you don't want to lower your expectations for yourself when it comes to joyfulness. There is no limit to the amount of joy that you could experience, but there are limits to what other people, want to accomplish in their life according to your 
perspective. Mm. I want everybody to finish college. Uh, I don't want to go to college. Right. I think everybody should, you know, have a job. I don't want to get a job. Mm-hmm. I think everybody uh, should be married. I don't want to get married. Mm-hmm. I think everybody should be heterosexual. What are you talking about? See what I mean? Mm-hmm. So. We want to go from these lofty expectations and even, you know, maybe a little less lofty expectations to a realistic one. I expect myself to be calm, peaceful, understanding, cooperative, Mm. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So we built from within always. Right. And the world will be a better place as we grow and evolve and, you know, become calmer and lighter. And mm-hmm. it, it's, it's not what you hear on the news, you know, but it's, it's the only way to go. Right. Right. Well, that's why I always say like these, are, these coping skills, they lend themselves to everything. And, you know, even in schools, like one of the things that they don't really put first this idea of compassion, kindness, you know, towards your neighbor and towards friends. And that's not Uh something that's taught. We have to remember that those things should be something we should strive for, you know, in terms of uh, accomplishing and incorporating into our lives. I agree a hundred percent. Leo Biscaglia has a, um, a thing he does on one of his, his talks. And it's a letter from a man who was in a concentration camp. And the man says, this concentration camp was built by learned men, mm-hmm. by engineers, but they learn how to build and they learn how to create, but they didn't learn compassion or right. they were, they were so obedient and blind. I, you know, I, I mean, I can't get into their brains, but it certainly doesn't make sense to me. Like you said, that we teach so much stuff in school but not compassion and love. And uh, I mean, some of our schools are wonderful. Believe me, they have, there's one school that has a little bench they put in the yard. And it's like um, at lunchtime, either a teacher sits there or another student and whoever has nobody to talk to and no place to go at lunch sits at the bench and talks to the teacher or talks to a fellow student. Oh, That's it's lovely. Nice. lovely. A lot of schools are doing stuff like this because People in America move so much and kids are uprooted and they're so sad. They lost their friends and they're lost in this new school. And, they, you know, it's it's terrible. Right. Uh, they're trying to teach these people that you're accepted. You're one with us. We embrace you. We understand you. We want to get to know you. I wish there was more of that in our educational system. They need to feel like a sense of belonging. I mean, that's like clearly what was going on with all these groups. They feel like they belong to something. You know, I mean, you got to give them that. You know what I mean? They're trying. But it's I believe it starts with like kindness and compassion first before you feel, you know, like you're part of some kind of group. A lot of these people, their self-esteem is not strong. So to be in a group makes them feel so important. Right. And then when the group tells them, brainwashes them, that we are threatened. These other people are enemies. They jump right in and they, they, they agree and they start resorting to violence because yeah. this is my group. This is my team. This is my, when I toured in East Harlem, we had a lot of gangs and 
we had children in our school who were in the gangs. They found such power and allegiance and oneness and security in these gangs and in these these hate groups yeah. that it's 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 their their alpha and omega. This group is the end all and the be all for me. Jennifer, hopefully, somewhere, somehow, we will learn that cooperation is always better than conflict. Yeah. I, I don't know if I ever told you this little story, but this teacher uh, in a middle school, I, I forgot where, gave everybody a balloon, same color, said, write your name on the balloon. And everybody put the, he told uh, like fifth, sixth, seventh, and eighth grade, whatever, put all your balloons in the hallway. And they put all the balloons in the hallway. And then he had each class come out slowly and carefully. He said, okay, I want you to find your balloon. Well, 20 minutes later, people are still looking for their balloons. <laughs> there was hundreds of balloons all over the hallway. So he said, okay, okay. Everybody, let's go back in your classrooms. Those who found their balloons, put them back in the hall. Now we're going to change the rules a little bit. Here's what I want you to do. Go out in the hall, pick up a balloon, look at the name, give it to the person whose name is on the balloon. Mm. Three minutes later, everybody had their balloon. Right. Cooperation is so much. Oh, gosh. Not only more efficient, but so much healthier. Right. For the human, for the human spirit, and you know, mind, body, spirit is connected. If we learn to cooperate, stress goes down, anxiety goes down, uh, stomach issues decrease, headaches decrease, because the competition only inflames and yeah. irritates and aggravates. Cooperation calms and. I think that um, it really, as you say, always, it comes down to kind of how do we move towards the light, you know, rather than l just stare at the darkness. Yeah. Because then it's, we're sitting there with it. And that beautiful girl who uh, gave the little speech. Amanda Gorman. Yes. Oh. And that one line is, do we have the courage to see the light? Do we have the courage to be the light? Yes. And and Jennifer, it, it's it's not like... I'm going to change the world or anybody's going to change the world. Maya Angelou said, and it's so beautiful. People will forget what you say. People will forget what you do, but they'll never forget how you make them feel. Right. So all we got to do is make people feel good about themselves. Right. It's not hard. It's not hard. A smile. A hug, COVID or whatever, however you do it. A smile, a hug, a phone call, a text. People will never forget how you make them feel. Right. So if we could just go through our day and make one person feel really good about themselves, and they do the same, and they do Jennifer, in no time, People are feeling better. They're cooperating. They feel closer. There's less anxiety. There's less stress. You don't need all this medication to get through the day. It's fantastic. It's, and it's simple. I love the balloon story because you really, it is efficient. It's much more efficient. Like we could go from, you know, here to quantum leap over there. If we just cooperate, well, those things will just take care of themselves so much more quickly. 
Yeah. And, and tie the two together. I'm sure when the kid finds a balloon and goes to the other kid and says, here, Susie, here's your balloon. Susie feels great. Yeah. So we tied Maya Angelou in with the balloon story. And not only did they get their balloon, but they feel good that somebody found their balloon and gave it to them, hopefully with a smile on their face. Mm -hmm. And wow, what a positive experience. Yeah. Beautiful. Jennifer, I used to do it. I don't know if I did it with your class. I did it. I read an article one day and I started it and I did it for like maybe the last 20 years I taught or whatever, 30 years. And what we did was you got a piece of loose and you put your name on the top and we numbered how many kids were in the class. And then we passed the loose leaf. I blow a little whistle <laughs> and they would pass the loose leaf and we all passed it around the rows and the loose leaf would arrive at the next person's desk. And in any number you want, you had to write a positive thing. to wow. that. And then if there was 30 kids in the class, 30 times the paper went around. And after 30 times the paper arrived back on your desk, it was the best exercise you uh, could because amazing. it was amazing because you got 30 affirmations. Some were simple, you know, the boys, uh, she's cute, you know, <laughs> <laughs> that's good enough. <laughs> but you know, a lot of the girls, they really, because girls are much more compassionate. Their, their cerebral cortex develops <laughs> faster. You know, the boys cerebral cortex takes years down the road, you know, they're not so empathetic sometimes, you know, they're not mm -hmm. responsible. But the girls, their cerebral cortex develops much earlier and they can realize and feel compassion. And the girls would write, you're such a good friend or you're, you have such a beautiful smile. And um, I love being your friend, but you don't put your name. Oh, really? That's interesting. And then I would say, okay, uh, just relax and, and read what everybody has written about you. And we'd spend five or six minutes. Then I'd say, okay, if you want, you can share uh, your uh, papers with other people. And they would get up. I mean, kids had tears in their eyes. Oh, my gosh. It was just a lovely exercise. That is. One girl told me about 25 years later. She said, Mr. D, I still have that paper. I draw. Oh, my gosh. Because she was a quiet kid. And maybe she didn't feel so popular and affirmed and whatever it may be. And this was an eye opener for her. It woke oh. her up because people are sometimes, Jennifer, they're unaware of how beautiful and how powerful they are. Yeah. Um, a, a friend of mine, when I went to school, this guy was the most personable, the most outgoing, the easiest guy to talk to and just pleasant. And 35 years later, we had a reunion. And I, I'm sitting with the guy and I said, oh, man, you know, and uh, I said, what do you do for a living? And he said, oh, I'm a financial planner. And I said, you're, I said, you're a financial planner. I said, I would have thought that you'd be like um, a social worker or a, you know, some kind of a motivational speaker. And he stopped and he said, really? I said, yeah. I said, come on. You, you always had such a great personality. And guess what? He retired from being a financial planner. He wrote a book and he's now a motivational speaker. Really? He's all over. Oh my God. He was inspired by you. He never saw it in himself. Yeah. Everybody else saw it in him, mm. but he never saw it himself. 
So I, I think one of our purposes in life is to awaken that wonderfulness in other people. Right. I'm sure that you affirm Jack and tell him, Jack, you are so talented in this and so good at this. But there are other people in our lives that have such potential, but they don't know it. So I think one of our tasks is to awaken the wonderfulness in our fellow man. So if you're not a teacher or if you're not around youth or, you know, find a way to do that with just your peers, you know, that you work yeah. with or, you know, that can revolutionize the world. Jen, it's not hard. I think I told you about the little boy in our camp who was not the most attractive little kid, not the most intelligent little guy. And he was loud. He used to clap his hands. He would give you a headache. He was so powerful. But he was able to make people feel good. Mm. He is a uh, uh, you know, Maya Angelou ever met him, she'd just want to hug him because <laughs> he knew, he knew the most important thing is how you make people feel. Right. And well, I don't know how intelligent he was or whatever. I knew he used to take special classes and, and whatever he did, but this kid was full of love. And he just looked at people and said, you know, wow, I, I love that pocketbook. Wow, I love... And it, it's not hard. Right. It's the smallest things. You don't have to be a scientist. You don't have to be brilliant. You don't have to be anything. Right. Just awaken the wonderfulness in people. But then some people experience that other people, you know, they can harm them with things that they say or they get very upset. Um, in response to things that are negative or that are brought up, you know, because people could be cruel again and they don't know why or we don't know why. But what do you say to those who, you know, they're placing too much power in the hands of others for how they feel? Jennifer, that is a wonderful point that you just made because we give so much power to other people. We look outside of ourselves. For affirmation. And this is normal. You might say, oh, what's wrong with me? When we're infants, all power is outside of ourselves. Right. All nourishment is outside of ourselves. If we feel sad or lonely or upset or whatever, we look outside of ourselves. Mm -hmm. Because this is the way our evolution is. As kids, we look outside of ourselves. All power is outside of us. All nourishment is outside of us. But when we get older, now we want you to come to the understanding that all power is within you. Mm -hmm. So when we look outside of ourselves for affirmation, you're telling the world, I need you to affirm me because I'm not up to speed affirming myself. Mm. Right? People who are totally together and totally at peace with themselves, they don't need an affirmation. They don't need anybody to tell them how great they are. They tell everybody else how great they are. Right. Because you don't need it. But we give a lot of power. We have an expression. He who angers you controls you. Right. We've given control to other people. So if somebody doesn't say good morning... Oh, we're angry. We're upset. Yeah. We ruined our day. 
or if somebody says, oh, I don't like that blouse, or I don't like that tie, or I don't like that, it ruins our day because deep down we don't have that self-esteem mm-hmm. that it just everything just bounces off us. In Africa, they in some area in Africa, they have a, a quote that says, no enemy within, no enemy without. Mm. So if there's no enemy within you, no one outside of you can hurt you. Right. Because you have such strong self-esteem. Listen to this. This is a really powerful quote from Esther Hicks. Okay. Tell everyone you know, my happiness depends on me, so you're off the hook. And then demonstrate it. Be happy no matter what they're doing or what they're saying. Practice feeling good no matter what. Before you know it, you will not give anybody else the responsibility for the way you feel. And then you'll love them all. Hmm. Because why don't we love people? Oh, they never say anything nice to me. They always go, you can love everybody if you have good self-esteem. doesn't matter what they say or do. Right. And then she goes on to say, the only reason you don't love them because you're using them to not feel good. Right. One of the main things we have to let go of is blame and guilt. And so many people have people in their lives who pull the guilt card or, you know, there's that sense of blaming so that there's no responsibility that one has to take. And yet, you know, we just had the new year over here. So resolutions. What do you think about resolutions? Should people make them, you know? If they're realistic, yes. Because it's always good to have a goal. Right. Something to shoot for, something to aim for. But it's not achieving the goal that is the good thing about a resolution. The best thing about a resolution is that you're beginning a process. Mm. Resolutions are fine. But the idea is... We don't want to say, I'll be happy when. Right. Are you having fun on the path? Mm-hmm. Are you having fun on the path? Because Esther Hicks says, when you look at results, it kills the energy. Right. Because many, many people don't reach the results that they really want. So what happens? Mm-hmm. Years ago, these people who were friends of mine had a band. They were so cute. And they sang in the spiritual centers and they sang at churches. It's just lovely. And they went to this big retreat out in uh, California where all these uh, uh, spiritual centers, uh, eight or nine different groups that sang in the spiritual centers went to the retreat. And what they did was each night, uh, one or two groups sang and um, at the end they had a big jam session and they said it was wonderful because mm-hmm. they sang all these beautiful songs, you know, uh, Karen Decker and all these people. And they said it was the most beautiful, wonderful experience until they went in their room and started to count how many CDs they sold. <laughs> they didn't sell as many CDs as they wanted. Their energy went from ecstatic jump. Right oh there. Oh my gosh. And they, they, luckily, they caught themselves and they said, you know, we don't want to lose this energy. This was a fantastic, wonderful experience. Forget about the results. 
just enjoy the experience. We enjoyed the process. And that's the idea. So resolutions are great, but enjoy the process. Right. I remember when I did a lot of yoga at one time, I had this nice yoga teacher and she would, oh, you know, when you're doing yoga for a while and you've done yoga and you start seeing the progress, there's a sense of pride because, you know, when you work so hard at something and then you see a result, you know, you feel pride about it. But this teacher was so intuitive <clears throat> that she saw when we were pushing a little harder and she she wasn't the type to be like, yeah, push, push, push. She was more like, this is this is the process. It's all about the process. Like, it's not about how far you go today or how long you hold that post today or that you're looking at how another person sees you. It's about the process. And whenever I remember that, I was like, oh, my gosh, it's such a relief it is. <laughs> because it's just being present. Yeah, to be in the present moment. And not only that, many times when when, when they the yoga teachers see you're pushing, what would they say? Breathe. Mm. Breathe into it. Visualize. Feel it. So all the tools that we use, you know, breathing and visualization and, you know, meditation, gets you to, you know, further down the road, further down the process. And yoga is a perfect example because mm. I, I would be straining because I was like, there was like three guys in the class and 30 women every, you know. Mm. And they were much, much more flexible than us guys were. Mm. And I would see stuff these, these girls could do. And I'd be like, I'm going to do this. And I'd be pushing. <laughs> and the yoga teacher would come by and say, breathe, take a breath. Because mm. <laughs> you see me tightening. I wasn't in the moment. I was thinking, right. I'm going to get to this point or else. Who wants to go through life like that? Right. I want to go through life enjoying the moment, mm -hmm. breathing through the moment, mm -hmm. relishing the moment, visualizing how beautiful this is. It's just, and being in the present moment, it's beautiful. Yeah. My wife and I watched this show. It was amazing. It was about decluttering your house. Mm. Had a little Japanese girl who came in with a, with a translator. And before they start to declutter, they meditate. She plays music. She goes through the clothes. She said, take everything out, put it on the bed, everything you own to the girl. Because she said, I want you to see how much you have, first of all. Mm. Then she said, go through each piece, put it against your heart. Do you feel a spark? Do you feel as though you're one with this piece of material? If you do, you keep it. If not, you thank it for letting you have worn it, letting you, letting it be part of your life, but it no longer serves you and you're going to give it to a charity. Well, this woman went through every bit of her clothing, hugging things to her chest saying, no, no more. Hugging things to her chest saying, oh yes. Just by the energy. It was amazing. Wow. That's amazing. I'm going to do that. Amazing. Because sometimes it's weird. It's psychic energy that's stuck. We carry feelings and stories with us attached to almost every material that we have. Yes. So, and I certainly have a lot. <laughs> I could definitely declutter that. Yeah. But it's interesting because if you make it something like a ceremony. Yes. 
it gives so much more meaning and power behind it. Yeah. Jennifer, everything is energy. And as you say, if we can get in the present moment and harness that energy, loving another person is a piece of cake. Mm-hmm. Making another person feel good, so easy. Because mm-hmm. we're in that, we're immersed in love. And love is a twin. Love cannot be contained. Right. It's got to be expressed. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's a great way to be in the present moment is to laugh. Oh. When you laugh, you're in the present moment. Right. You can't so get more. No. We encourage people to find as many things to laugh at. Mm. As part, not, nothing, you know, with those video shows where the guy falls down, hits his head, <laughs> you know, the pinata things where people are not getting hurt, you know, right, you know, right. find a reason to laugh and you're in the present moment. It lightens so you, it lightens your, your whole psyche, your whole body. It's an amazing thing. Yeah. Loving yourself, I think is where it starts for you to be f- able to love someone else, but it's so hard because you are always working against, you know, all of the, comments that were made throughout your life and all the disappointments that maybe you felt that your lack of mm-hmm. some kind of quality didn't yeah. bring something into your life. You know, there's a lot of self-blame. Yes. And, you know, but I guess it's a daily practice. It takes and, practice and it takes practice. Right. And hopefully we enjoy the process and we grow and we learn and we feel better about ourselves. And when you feel good about yourself, you can make, you could just spread that love like, you know, so easy. It's amazing because love is something that, it's a cute little quote, love is something that the more you spread it, the thicker it gets. Mm. It doesn't diminish. Interesting. It gets stronger and thicker. Yes. I'm spreading love everywhere. It's getting thicker and stronger, you know, richer. Yes. It doesn't diminish. It doesn't fizzle out. It's an amazing thing. How wonderful it's becoming to me, becoming more obvious to me, that if I can continue spreading this message that we're so much more than what this philosophy is in that, oh, well, there's something wrong with our genetics and that'll be the case for the rest of your life. It's so disempowering. If I could keep remembering, you know, the opposite of that, which is I have so much control in my hands. If I could just keep that in mind, I could prove with with my own life, love is what matters. And all of these things are inside for you to cultivate and and bring to life for the benefit of yourself, but also for the benefit of others. But it is a process. And there are some days when I'm just like, oh my God, I hope I get through the day. And I know a lot of people are experiencing this more and more. And I, you know, I want to be a platform so that others could get hope. And we've been so hopeless this last year. It's been such a bad one. <laughs> but also, we've all experienced it. This Everyone walked away with some kind of disappointment this year and struggle. And hopefully we learned. Yeah. You know? So I, I, we don't want to focus on the disappointment and the struggle. We want to focus on, look at what we learned. Right. So this, this might have been a year of uh, where you didn't get what you wanted. But this is the year where you appreciated what you had. Right. I have so much to be thankful for just for health, 
Yeah. You know how you take that for granted? This year, I feel like if anything, if you got through this year without an illness or knowing someone very close that, you know, was suffering, you were really lucky. This was the year. You talk about appreciation. So 2020, hopefully, was a year that we learned appreciation. Yes. I hope 2021 is a better one. It's going to be a better one. I think so. Well, I, I and just in juxtaposition to the last one, it can't be anything, but <laughs> yeah. hopefully. But yeah. no, I have a lot of good faith. And I think that um, I'm just, again, so thankful that you are in my life with so many good affirmations that help me all the time continue moving forward in my growth. And again, I just thank you so much for coming on and sharing all your wisdom, Mr. D. Thank you so much. I love that, Jennifer. I'm going to leave you with a little quote. Okay, great. It's very powerful. If one person needs to change for you to be happy, then you've given away too much power. Mm. That's, that's really evolved. Mm-hmm. But if you say, if he would only change, or if she would only, then I could be happy. No, 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 no. Yeah. So, Jennifer, create on. Oh, (laughs) so inspiring. Thanks for listening to Not As Crazy As You Think. And don't forget to subscribe to my YouTube channel. And remember, mental health is attainable for anyone, especially those labeled with mental illness. Until next time, peace out.